So this morning we're reading from uh, 1 Thessalonians. And we're going to be reading uh, from 1 Thessalonians 1. And it's, uh, it's a whole of the first chapter. It's only 10 verses. And uh, if you've got a Bible, it'd be worth um, maybe uh, keeping one to hand uh, because we're going to be looking into this uh, later on. Paul, Silas and Timothy, to the church of the Thessalonians in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace and peace to you. We always thank God for all of you and continually mention you in our prayers. We remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labour prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers and sisters loved by God, that he has chosen you because our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit and deep conviction. You know how we lived among you for your sake. You became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you welcomed the message in the midst of severe suffering with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. And so you became a model to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. The Lord's message rang out from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia. Your faith in God has become known everywhere. Therefore, we do not need to say anything about it, for they themselves report what kind of reception you gave us. They tell how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescues us from the coming wrath. Well, um, it's uh, good to be um, um, sharing with you this morning. This morning, I'd love to uh, just share a few thoughts from uh, that passage in Thessalonians. In particular, uh, I'd like to just share a few, a few thoughts um, from a model of, uh, that we can draw out of it from um, Paul's discipleship and mission model, if you, if you, if you want to give it a title. And uh, in particular, we're going to be focusing around verse five, six uh, and, and seven. And uh, to help us this morning, um, uh, we're going to be thinking about four eyes. That's four eyes. And um, if during the course of this morning's sermon, you hear some, uh, shall we say, additional comments in the background, it's either going to be Bert or Rufus. Um, so uh, you'll have to decide which one. Um, <laughs> But uh, anyway, there we go. Unfortunately, I can only mute the computer. I can't mute them. I'm waiting for the upgrade. Anyway, the first eye this morning is that um, Paul's model starts with it being incarnational. What do I mean by it being incarnational? Well, in short, um, the concept, the theory is made concrete and real. You see, ideas and words are, are, are wispy, but presence is, is not. And that's why Paul uh, early on says, you know that for your sake, we came and lived amongst you. 
Paul actually went to live amongst the Thessalonians to explain, to demonstrate, to live out the theory of following Jesus. To live out the theory of um, responding to Jesus. To live out the theory of having Jesus within his life and within the lives of the Thessalonians. And it's um, not a, a, a new idea, not a new idea for Paul, because when we think about it, that's exactly what Jesus did. Jesus came to earth. He, he, he was God incarnate. He came and lived amongst us to share the theory in practice of having a perfect relationship with God, of knowing God, of having God involved in his, his life, involved in our lives, involved in the lives of the Thessalonians. It's the Jesus model, really, not Paul's model. To live in God's presence and to respond to him. But what about us? What about us? I mean, these are strange times, aren't they? Somebody says that every week. These are strange times. Uh, and maybe slowly, slowly we, we get to uh, become more incarnational because we can actually um, live alongside more and more people. Um, I don't know. Maybe that's something that you've missed or maybe you've not missed it uh, over the last few weeks, uh, months, actually being able to live alongside and, and, and communicate and to share with, with others. Um, but just to be aware, really, that, you know, um, this model didn't stop with Paul. It continues with us. And as we live, as, as we can actually become the incarnational presence of God, we can become um, um, a living example, a living uh, demonstration of what it is to live with God, what it is to have his presence in our lives, what it is to be um, shaped and molded, inspired and, uh, and moved by God. Rather than it just being words, rather than it just being theory, rather than it just being a pamphlet, rather than it just being something that somebody's heard on Zoom or on, on the Internet, to actually see it in life, to see it real for it to be incarnational. Now, second I this morning, it's imitational. Little tangent. 1958, there was a film made, and it was called I Was Monty's Double. I don't know if you've seen it. If you've not, it's fantastic. Watch it. Not now, later. <laughs> I was Monty's double. You see, in the Second World War, um, the Allies worked out that a good way of um, diverting some um, um, German troops, etc., and what have you, and causing some a bit of confusion would be if they, uh, if the Germans thought that uh, Field Marshal Montgomery was somewhere else. So um, th they found this actor. Who, if I remember rightly, it was in the um, in the um, entertainment corps. And he got uh, pulled out of the entertainment corps because um, he, he became a little bit known within the circle for uh, taking the mickey out of Montgomery because he looked like him. Um, and 
the thing that happened was that over a, a period of a, a month or so, he spent loads of time with Montgomery. Uh, and he, he, he watched him, he listened to him, he, he watched him on films, um, he spent time in his presence, uh, and little by little, he, he honed his likeness to that of Montgomery's. So that his mannerisms became the same, his speech became the same. Um, in some ways, even his reactions became the same. And um, long and short of it, um, they sent him to somewhere else in the world where Montgomery wasn't. And it actually uh, had the result of um, causing some um, consternation, if you like, uh, amongst uh, the German hierarchy because they were confused as to just where Montgomery was and what was going to be happening, um, I think, in the run-up to D-Day. Um, why is that of, of relevance? Uh, well, just to say that if you do watch the film, um, it does get a little bit confusing because we see um, we see um, Emmy Clifton James, who's the actor, acting himself, so he's acting being himself, and then later in the film he's also acting himself being Montgomery, and at other times in the film, he's actually acting as Montgomery himself. Very confusing, but we'll, we'll park that now. We can, we can move on from that because just to make the point that Paul's model is imitational. He encouraged, or, or he's, he's actually remarked that our Thessalonians imitated him imitating Christ. So that eventually they imitated Christ. And it's not the imitation that we might refer to as fake or a knockoff or a sham, but it's more like the work, um, the imitation of a, a master restorer who pays attention to the detail to enhance what is true, to promote what is true to make known what is true and what is genuine. To bring glory to what's there, not what he brings to it. Paul is an imitation, aimed to be an imitation of Jesus. And in copying him, the Thessalonians copied Christ. And Paul kind of, um, if you read the letters, he kind of makes sure that it's, it's actually, it's never about him. It's always about Christ. So it's almost like um, having got them to kind of uh, copy the basics, copy, copy him doing the basics. They move on to copying Christ for themselves learning about Jesus and applying it for themselves, but it's still imitating Christ. Now I wonder, um, for us, are we good imitations of Christ? I wonder if somebody looked at us at our lives, would they see Jesus? It's quite a responsibility, isn't it? In terms of the 
the copy that we show, the imitation, if you like, that we show needs to be as real and as genuine and as close to Christ's likeness as it can be, which is a progress and it's a process in our lives. John McGinley, in his book, uh, Mission Shaped uh, Discipleship, tells a story about a, um, an apprentice on a, a building site, and uh, he gets uh, given the job of uh, cutting some pieces of wood. Uh, I, I kind of imagine uh, that there were pieces of wood that needed to go between joists in a roof. Uh, you use them to, to brace the joists so they don't wobble about. And uh, the the master um, carpenter came and he cut a piece of wood and he said, use that. They've all got to be that long. And the uh, the apprentice um, put the first piece of wood onto the long piece of wood and he cut a piece off. And then he picked the piece up that he'd cut off and he put it on the wood and he cut it off. And then he picked the, the piece he'd just cut up off and uh, he carried on this process. Um, ended up at the end of the day with a lovely pile of cut up pieces of wood. But the only problem is, you see, if you use what's just been cut off as your copy, as your pattern, it's slightly longer. And by the end of the day, the wood wouldn't fit between the joists because it was an inch too long. Why am I telling you that story? Well, it's an, just a warning. It's a warning to, um, for us to remember that, A, we need to be as close to the original as we can be by copying the original. Don't copy me. Don't copy Gary. Don't copy somebody that you see on internet or on telly. Get to know the original for yourself. Be imitators of Christ as your everyday this is who I'm copying. This is who I'm imitating. So it's incarnational. It's imitational. What's our third eye? Well, our third eye this morning, a little bit tenuous, it's in spite. <laughs> now, I don't mean in spite, being spiteful. I mean uh, in spite of what's happening. You see, Paul is very realistic. And in verse 6, he says, in spite of suffering. Or despite suffering, your discipleship went on and, and progressed. The Thessalonians knew from the beginning and knew from their experience that they were going to suffer as they grew in Christ's likeness. But that they'd continue, and Paul praises them that they continued because they got a joy given to them by the Holy Spirit. Now, it's not a case, a case of like being dazed. It's not a, a case of being unconscious to reality. It's not a case of being senseless. You know, being in Christ and being in a coma are not the same things. No, it's more a case of, for the Thessalonians, they suffered, but they bore it because the joy that they got knew that they got something of greater value still to come. They knew that they got something of greater value there and then. They got the presence of God. They got God 
in their lives. And actually, if you look at verse one of this chapter, Paul describes them as being in God. What a great place to be, to be in God, surrounded, enveloped. And if we think about Jesus again, it's, it's what Jesus did, isn't it? This is his model. In spite of everything that happened to him, in spite of leaving heaven and coming to a dump like earth, in spite of being of a lowly family, in spite of uh, losing uh, his dad early on in his life, in spite of living the life of an itinerant, in spite of not um, being able to settle all the way through his ministry, in spite of constant opposition and backbiting by the religious authorities, in spite of going to a cross, in spite of being tortured and murdered, he loved God. He followed God. And he prompted others to do the same. So what about us? What about us in our just keeping, keeping on in following God? In spite of the things that we find difficult and the people that we find difficult, in spite of the situations that wind us up, that drag us down, to know the joy given to us by the Spirit, that we have God's presence here and now, and a great future for all eternity. To live in him and for him and with him. So incarnational, imitational, and in spite of what's going off, what's the last I this morning? Well, our fourth I this morning is inspirational. In verse 7, Paul is cock-a-hoop. He's cock-a-hoop because, because of God's actions through him in his incarnational, imitational discipleship. And in spite of the opposition, the Thessalonians had not only grown as, as followers of Christ in their discipleship, as apprenticeship, as apprentices of Christ, but they'd actually inspired others that inspired others, not just in Thessalonica, but throughout the region and beyond, to follow Jesus, to become apprenticeship, apprentices themselves. They'd become, and here's the, I'm already fed up of hearing it, catchphrase, disciples that make disciples. In following Paul to follow Jesus, Others had followed them to follow Jesus. Wow. Wow. A little story. Um, for the last few years, we, we've been to New Wine. And... Um, Something happened in one of the main meetings, which was uh, sobering and yet hilarious. We were all sat down. You've got to imagine that there's thousands of people in this um, in this um, 
this room and uh, the meeting's going off the worship's going off and suddenly um, this group of people come in uh, to the back and um, they ask um, one of our members uh, members of our group if they if he'd just mind getting out of his seat for a minute and he sat um, a row in front of me and uh, just slightly to one side and he gets out of his seat and he says yeah fine no problem and they put this bloke in his seat and they start videoing now what I've got to tell you this bloke is about six foot tall and he's got a beard and he's got a, a fawn cap and he's got a, a, a check shirt I've met my doppelganger because <laughs> there I am sat Two, a row behind him, two seats to one side with check shirt, six foot tall, beard, mine were better than his, and a phone cap on. And just for a minute, I thought I was new wine man. <laughs> Incarnational, imitational, in spite of everything that we're happening. And maybe inspirational. Next time we go, maybe everybody will be dressed like that. Women with beards, job lot. Who knows? I'm working on it. Bert's working on it. <laughs> she just said that. <laughs> but I wonder, when I get to heaven, seriously, and when you get to heaven, metaphorically, I wonder if there'll be any beardy Rob lookalikes that are there because of the Jesus that they saw in me. I wonder if there'll be anybody who my life in Jesus has inspired their life in Jesus. I wonder if there'll be any you lookalikes because your life in Jesus has inspired their life. In Jesus. I hope and I pray that it will be so. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. So Father God, we thank you for this model, this incarnational, it's imitational of you, it's in spite of what goes off and it's inspirational to others. And Father, we pray that we will be your dedicated disciples and that in doing that you would draw others to yourself. Father, we pray not so that we can shine our crowns because that's your job, but so that heaven will be full, that your kingdom would be established and built and your name will be praised forever and ever. In Jesus' name. Amen.